You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Hey everybody, Steve Splonskowski here along with Brandon Clark. And we're coming to you live from Rapid City, South Dakota. We're at St. Elizabeth Seton Elementary School. And we're sitting across the table. Well, I'm next to him. Brandon's across the table from Father Michael Malloy. Good morning, Father. Good morning. How, How are, are you? you? I'm doing very well. You shared a funny story this morning after Mass about uh, pertaining to your visit to uh, with Pope Francis with some of the kids there. Can you share that story? I thought yes, it was a cute um, story. One of the... Uh, one of the mothers of the kids uh, from the school uh, yesterday told me that she was sharing a picture of me and the Pope, which is on Facebook, I guess. I, I have never seen it. I haven't seen it yet. But anyway, she showed it to the kids, and the kids looked at her and said, Huh, that's really nice that uh, the Pope got to meet Father Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. And that, 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 that's the beauty of children, how they see things. Yes. Right? Yeah, and so. he did get to meet me too. He That's was right. he was very fortunate, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> we so know was that I. he was. We know so that was he I. Was. So was I. So what was your or your first thoughts? As have you met Bishop? Or uh, well, he's a bishop, but also uh, Pope Francis before. What were my first thoughts at, at, when you met him? I mean, was, was, um, or when he entered the room? Have, have you been? Well, in his no, we walked before? into his room. He <laughs> oh, okay, room. he was there. He walked into your room, right? <laughs> yeah, at the, at, at the he didn't at walk the into his presence. <laughs> yeah, when the Pope walked into my presence, uh, no, it was it was uh, it was kind of, it was amazing. I don't know. I I was just kind of. I, I think I was like, really, am I here? You know, the little kid from Mobert, South Dakota. I'm here, and I'm actually shaking hands with the Pope. And and then what was really wonderful was um, after he greeted everybody, the the eleven of us who are bishops and and uh, administrators from our province, we got to um, sit down for two hours and talk to him. We had a two-hour conversation with him. It was a real conversation. It was back and forth. It was wonderful. He he had an interpreter, but it was just fantastic. Mm. So, did you ask a question? Yes. Are we allowed to ask that question? Are you allowed to ask that question? <laughs> yeah. Are you able? You're, to, do, you're do, allowed to ask anything you want, I guess. <laughs> so, so are you able to share with us the question you asked? Um, I'd have to think about it a little bit okay. because because it's it's been a couple of weeks and there was a lot in the conversation. So, yeah. all right. Well, we're, maybe we'll come back to that because yeah, right I, now we got to do straight talk. It is time for straight talk. So the Pope had a chance to meet Father Michael Malloy. You have a chance to call in with your question for Father Michael Malloy at 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. We're also streaming on Facebook Live this morning, so you can submit your question there. Father Mike is ready for your questions. And I would say if the Pope calls in to ask you a question, we'll put him to the front of the line. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we will definitely do that. And so, Pope Francis, if you're listening, that number is 877-795-0122. Wouldn't you be surprised? <laughs> you have, I, I you'd have to wake me up. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. But, uh, you know, you might be. So. Alrighty. Well, we do have a couple of in-studio questions here this morning, Father, because we are broadcasting from St. Elizabeth Seton. And uh-huh. so we have Cecilia... <clears throat> she has uh, put on a headset. Good morning, Cecilia. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good. And you have a very tough question for Father Mike, don't you, this morning? How did you go? Did you go to St. Elizabeth Ann Seton School or any Catholic school? I went to Catholic school, but I didn't get to go until I was a sophomore in high school. Okay. I went into the seminary, and at, when I was in the seminary, I went to O'Gorman High School in Sioux Falls, which is still there. 
And so that was the first time I got to go to a Catholic school. And you know why? Because we didn't have a Catholic school in the town I grew up in. We just had public schools. So I didn't get to go until I was a sophomore in high school. Okay. Thank you. It's a good question. Cecilia, do you enjoy going to St. Elizabeth's seat? Yes. What do you enjoy most about it? Going to the specials, especially library. Oh, fun. Do you like to read? Yes. What's your favorite book? Uh, Books about dragons. Books about dragons. Wonderful. (laughs) Is there another question here? Do you have another question for Father Mike? What What do you like best about being a priest? You know, Cecilia, that is a tough question because there's so many things I like. But I would say what I like best about being a priest, and I think about it today, is I, I love to help people to pray well when they celebrate Mass. I'm the I'm what's called an MC. So when, when we have big, big liturgies and the bishop is there and we're all praying together, like yesterday when we had uh, prayed at school, mm-hmm. uh, my I always want I always hope and pray that God will use me to help everybody else pray really well. Okay. And so when people get done at Mass and they say that was a beautiful Mass, that really brings joy to my heart because that's what I want. I, I want people to really pray well and and know God's presence. So that's probably the thing today that sticks out as the most important or one thing that makes me most happy about being a priest. Okay. All right. All righty. Thanks so much for your... Third one, I think. <clears throat> oh, you have another one. She's got a third one. Okay, excellent. What is your favorite color? Favorite animal? Mm, my favorite color is red like your shirt I love red and my favorite animal wow probably a dog I like dogs I, I don't want to own one but I like dogs <laughs> you like them over there yeah no I, I love to be around them and pet them and, and hold them and, but then I, I want to go home because you know why because I'm a, a very busy and my schedule is very um, it doesn't stay the same and dogs need consistent beha- behavior and I wouldn't be able to give that to a dog. So okay. it's better if I don't have one, but I love them. Thanks, yeah. Cecilia. I like dogs, too. You like dogs, too? Do you have a dog? No. Oh, well, we should talk to your mom and dad about that, right? <laughs> well, yeah. If Father Mike says you need a dog. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your question, Cecilia. Thank you very much. All righty. Well, 877-795-0122 is the call-in number. We have a couple lines open for you, and we have wonderful called screeners waiting to take your questions so that they can get it to Father Mike, 877-795-0122. We're also streaming on Facebook this morning, so you can submit your question there. Steve, I believe we have another question. That's right. Let's go. What's, what's your, what's your, first, what's your name? Uh, my name's Noah. Noah. Hi, All right. Noah. And you have a question for Father? A couple of them, maybe? Yeah. Okay. How did you decide to become a priest? Oh, wow. That's a long question, but I'll try to make it short. Um, I started, I went to the seminary when I was 15 years old. Okay, so I was a sophomore in high school. Yeah. Now, the reason I went to the seminary at that time is because my family was really experiencing a lot of struggles and difficulties, and I kind of felt... Um, like there was nothing left there and and I had thought about being a priest and so I decided I'd go to the seminary and try it okay okay and so I was in the seminary for 11 years so I went through three years of high school four years of college and then four years of theology okay so but the real reason that I wanted to finally decided to become a priest came I became aware of that when I was way far along I was almost ready to be ordained a deacon 
And what I realized was that I really believe in Jesus. I believe in what he came to teach us, uh, you know, how he, he came to show us how to live. <clears throat> and I wanted to do that. Yeah. And I wanted to help other people to do that. And I think I could do that best as a priest. Because everybody's supposed to do it. Everybody's supposed to, you know, listen to what Jesus teaches. Everybody's supposed to, to, to do what Jesus did. And we have to do that whether we're a priest or, or a married man or a student at Elizabeth Ann Seton or wherever we are. But I just believed that God wanted me to do that as a priest. But it was really about Jesus. Okay. Okay? All right. And Good question, Noah. What is the life of a priest like? How is it different than a normal person? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think I'm a normal person, but I could be wrong. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. How is it different from other people, other jobs? Well, yeah. um, when you're uh, like the, the guys who run the radio station, um, you know, they, they have a job, so they get up and go to work, and then they go home, and they have a, a vocation. You know, which is to uh, you know be a, a, fa- a husband and to be a father, and and so their vocation and their work are kind of two different things. Now they, I'm sure they blend together a lot, um, and, and, but but really they have those two different things. Um, your teachers, you know, they teach you, they come and teach you, and they're here all day long, and then they go home and they have probably have husbands or wives or kids, and so. When you're a priest, your vocation and your work are all blended together. And so, you know, my work schedule can be very different from other people in the sense that I can, you know, start at 10 o'clock in the morning and work until 10 o'clock at night, or I can start at 5 o'clock in the morning and work until 2 in the afternoon, or I can start at 5 o'clock in the morning and work until 10 o'clock at night sometimes. Um, so it, it because they're, my, wor- my work and my vocation are blended together they're the same thing so that that's a little different than I think other uh, like other people you know who have kind of a uh, some something of a separation with that okay, okay. Um, the kind of things that I do as a priest are many and varied you know I, I spend a lot of time visiting and talking to people I have to do some kind of administrative thing sit at a desk and answer emails and and do things like that especially if I'm a pastor um, but I, I also have to teach and of course you know celebrate mass and uh, hear confessions and other sacraments like baptisms and marriages and all, all kinds of things. I have to help people get ready to celebrate those sacraments and celebrate them with them. So there's a, a lot of, being a priest is very varied. There's a lot of different things that go on all day long and it's never the same. You know, teachers get up and they go to work and they teach. And the day might be different what they teach, but they basically teach until they go home. Um, so the, And then they have their life after they go home. But for me, uh, it varies very much from from day to day, from hour to hour. Sometimes, and then if there's an emergency, if somebody really needs to see a priest right away, if I have to go to the hospital or somebody died, then everything has to get rearranged. So yeah. it's good life. It's lots of fun, lots of interesting things, but a little different than other people. So now I'm not normal. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think, Noah? Do you think being a priest isn't so bad? I think it's not that bad. <laughs> good. good. Yeah, pretty good. Well, thank you for that question, too. That was a good question. 
Alrighty. Well, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Straight Talk on Real Presence Live. It's your opportunity to call in with questions on the faith or questions on things happening in the world around us, maybe questions about Father Mike's favorite color. We did get that this morning. 877-795-0122. As I mentioned, we're visiting with Father Michael Malloy here in the Diocese of Rapid City, broadcasting from St. Elizabeth Seton Elementary School here this morning and we have had some wonderful questions from some of the students we do have a another student uh thatcher i believe is uh his name good morning thatcher hi thatcher that's a great name how'd you get thatcher as a name uh, i was actually named after a small stream in vermont <laughs> <laughs> that's great you know what's wonderful is your parents told you that so you actually know uh, yeah that's good they apparently thought it was named after some famous person, so they thought, well, why not name him after it? It, well, is, it is named after a famous person, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your question? Um, why do we have to pay for Adam and Eve's original sin? Wow. That's a really powerful question. Why do we have to pay for Adam and Eve's original sin? Um <clears throat> I don't know if I'd say the answer is we have to pay for it, but here's the way I explain Adam and Eve. Okay, so God, when God created human beings and He created the world, He created us to live in paradise, to be happy, to be peaceful, to be in good relationship with each other, and to have a whole world and be responsible for it. That's what He wanted for us. So let's assume that Adam and Eve hadn't sinned. Let's assume when the snake came down and said, ask Eve if she wanted to have a bite of that fruit, if she would have said, no, thank you, we would all be living in paradise. We would be having a wonderful life. We'd all get along with everybody else, and creation would be beautiful, and it, we'd all work together. It would be wonderful. So we would, we would have inherited that, okay? Mm -hmm. Because Adam and Eve did not choose that, because they said, no, we aren't sure that God really loves us, and they decided to do something God asked them not to do, we then also inherit all the problems that came from that. Okay? So we inherit all of that stuff. So in, in, so it's not, I don't know if it's a question why we pay for that. It's just that that's what happens. Now let's look at, look at you. You know, you have blonde hair. You have kind of brown eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. White skin. All of that's because your mom and dad probably look like that right mm -hmm. you know they're white skinned and they probably have one of them has blonde hair and they probably have brown eyes or somebody in your family does so you inherited all those things okay we wouldn't say Thatcher why do you have to pay for your parents being white <laughs> you know <laughs> why couldn't you be born black or why couldn't you be born brown you know um, and so that's what we look at we look at Adam and Eve and say you know and God did not want this for us we chose that human beings chose that and so do we okay and so that's why I would explain it so we we inherit that but the good news is of course Jesus died to free us from our sins and yeah. so we have the opportunity to go back and live in that paradise that God wanted for us okay yeah mm -hmm. all right all righty thanks so much Thatcher for that question all right he has one more oh, you do yeah. you have one more question mm -hmm. um why um do would Adam and Eve actually have gone to heaven at, because they might have been so sorry for their sin or not? Um, that's a, also a really good question. You know, we believe that when Jesus died on the cross, he died on the cross to free 
all of us from sins. So he died to free you from your sins. He died to free Noah from his sins. He died to free Cecilia from his, her sins. He died to free all of us from our sins. But it wasn't just everybody who lived after Jesus. Jesus also died to free everybody from their sins who lived before. When we pray the Apostles' Creed, we say that Jesus descended into hell and then he rose again, you know, and then ascended into heaven. Well, what we're trying to express there is that Jesus went, went, went to the place of the dead, the people that had gone before him, and he offered that gift of salvation to all of those people. And there's a wonderful picture in a church in Istanbul, India, because I've been there. And it shows Jesus standing. And he's got his, on this hand, he's grabbing a hold of the hand of one person. Now, on the other hand, he's grabbing the whole hand of another person. And I said, who is that? And they said, that's Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, it was a symbol, or a, it was a picture showing how Jesus went down to heaven, went down to the underworld or to, to the, where people, you know, the dead people lived. And he was bringing Adam and Eve out of the, of the darkness and out of that death into life with him. Because he redeemed them as well. So, and I think Adam and Eve were sorry. Mm-hmm. I think they were very sorry. Yeah, you know, so th- that's what we so that we believe that. Yeah, we I would say we believe that Adam and Eve are in heaven. Okay. All right. Yeah. Any other questions, no. Thatcher? Uh-huh. Questions, Alrighty. guys. Thank Alrighty. you, Thatcher. Great. <laughs> yeah. Excellent questions. You could tell he was thinking about that. He was thinking. I you think sure he made was. the second question up. I, yeah. He did. Yeah, he <laughs> only had one written down. <laughs> that's so that's that a great follow up. Great, question. Thatcher. Appreciate it. All, All right. right. Well, there's still time for your call at 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122 during Straight Talk here with Father Michael Malloy of the Diocese of Rapid City. He is not only one of our hosts for Real Presence Life, but he's also the Apostolic Administrator. Is that right? Diocesan. Diocesan Administrator. Okay. An Apostolic Administrator is um, usually a bishop, and that's appointed... Oh. That's appointed, um, th- that isn't elected from the diocese. An apostolic administrator almost always comes up outside the diocese. Okay. And depending on when a bishop leaves a diocese, either by, by virtue of death or being moved, um, sometimes it becomes necessary to have someone with the authority of a bishop to be in the diocese for a variety of reasons, you know. Um, and so that, that person's called an apostolic administrator. Excellent. Diocesan administrator. That's there you right. go. So you can ask your questions at 877-795-0122. Well, while we're waiting for you to call in, I'm going to ask a couple of questions. That's okay. We'll go back to your visit with uh, with Pope Francis in sure. Rome. Because I actually got to see you in Rome. That was yes, pretty cool. Yeah, that running more together. than once. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wondered. Was, I wondered who was running the radio station, but you know, it was I, Brandon. <laughs> Everybody, else. I don't run the radio station. I just, I just, you know, stand around. <laughs> they run the radio station. Uh huh. <laughs> so, do. so yeah, it's great to run into you, to uh, to see you there. Um, and I, I assume you got to mi- beat, uh, beat. I'm sorry, meet uh, Bishop Elect Grude. I did. <laughs> yep, I uh, did. And uh, visit. And visit. Did you visit with him much? Yeah, l- l- you know, as we we traveled. Um, when you go to the, at Lima to visit, one of the things is to visit with the Holy Father. But then you also go around and visit various <clears throat> diocesan offices, which are called congregations or dicasteries or pontifical councils. They have various names because they have various levels of authority. Um, is what I understand, anyway. 
And so as we go, as we went from place to place, obviously we had time on the bus, you know, because sometimes it was a half hour to get there. Sometimes it was, you know, ten minute walk, you know, depending on where they were. Because I, I found out that those offices are are located in other places other than just immediately around the Vatican. Mm-hmm. So so I had a chance to visit with him, and he's a he, he's a, a a gracious, um, holy man. I mean, I was I was I really enjoyed spending time with him. Um, very down to earth, very real. He and I laughed a lot because neither one of us knew any Italian. Neither one of us went to school in Rome, and, and several of the bishops did. A couple of them knew Italian fluently, and of course, most of them I think could understand Latin, or at least could, you know, uh, appreciate it in on a different level than he and I could. So there were a couple of meetings when they started talking in Italian. We sort of looked at each other and said, "Well." <laughs> I'm not sure what they're saying, but they did a really good job of translating for us too. So, but he's a great guy. I, I think Sioux Falls is really blessed. I think they're going to really enjoy his ministry and his time with them. And he's very—he really wants um, to be there, and he wants to be a good bishop. So, I think that's really important. So, Excellent. Do you have any fun stories you can share from um, that, that trip over there, or in, in Rome, or? or? great experiences that stood out to you i mean there was great masses at the at the four major basilicas yeah no i mean I, really it was the whole thing was was it was kind of surreal for me mm. i mean you know i i take groups to rome so i've toured rome a lot so there's very little in the city that i haven't seen but what was was interesting is to go by and, and now i get to walk into the building that i've walked by you know 20 times and thought i wonder what's in there and now i get to see that um so that was interesting and and i um Kind of, kind of like I said, kind of surreal to realize I'm actually walking into these buildings and sitting down and talking with these people that that are, you know, part of the church, but sort of <laughs> out there. Mm-hmm. Um, th- but the other thing that I really appreciated was there wasn't any one of those meetings that I went to where I didn't feel like the people sitting around that table, and then sometimes we had one person from that particular um, office, and sometimes we had ten, that they were all very concerned about us i mean by about region eight they came with um with knowledge about us and and listened to our questions and our concerns and responded and gave us a good understanding of how they could help us so it was pretty amazing so that was probably that would probably be the i don't know if that's not a story but that's really a great experience so absolutely yeah we're having a great time this morning on straight talk and we're looking forward to your questions at 877-795-0122 you can call that number like debbie listening in iowa did debbie good morning Good morning. How are you this morning? Just fine, thank you. Good. I understand. Uh, my, my question. Go oh, ahead. Go ahead. Nope, go for it. I was wondering, we celebrated uh, Jesus' baptism uh, two weeks ago, or I can't remember when. And now, uh, in February, we will be celebrating the presentation. To me, it seems backwards that, you know. It is. <laughs> Okay, that's, Debbie, that's a great question. Um, and, you know, it is kind of backwards. <laughs> but but here, here's the, here's a, um, and I'd, I'd have to do a lot of research to figure out the, the, the history of how feast days come to be celebrated when they are, um, because that, that's mm-hmm. a, a complicated thing. But, but here's my initial thought. You know, when, when we celebrate Mass... And when we walk through seasons, you know, we kind of walk through, you know, Christmas, Jesus is born. Then we kind of, you know, start walking through his uh, um, public ministry. 
and we, mm-hmm. we kind of go to death and resurrection and you know that kind of thing but when you think about it, it in some ways it kind of all gets jumbled up like we're talking about jesus ministry now and then we then we get to lent and we talk about it from a different vantage point then we do death resurrection ascension and then we go back to talking about jesus ministry so we're, we're talking about his ministry that he did on earth after he rose from the dead but see the point is is that liturgy isn't about um it's not so much about recounting the historical um sequence of jesus life it's about pulling out moments in his life and celebrating them um, and, and remembering them and because they have impact or affect us in some certain way. So the baptism of the Lord, you know, is obviously a great, a great feast day to celebrate baptism and, and that, you know, Jesus' call for us to be baptized. And, and, and it's also the revelation that Jesus is, you know, really the Son of God by virtue of the voice that Jesus hears after his baptism. When we go to the presentation, you know, we're celebrating a, another aspect of who Jesus is, and that is that he is the, the Savior, the Savior for both the Jews and for the Gentiles. He's the fulfillment of the whole Old Testament, and he also then is, is um, has come so that, so that salvation might be given to not just the Jews, but, you know, for all people. And so we celebrate different aspects of Jesus' life at different times. Um, and sometimes they get jumbled up, like I said, because of that historical development that is um, oftentimes very confusing. It's interesting to note that in um, in uh, the city of Rome, the celebration of Christmas actually lasts through February 2nd, um, mm-hmm. which is different than us here. Um, th- through February 2nd, um, I- I've been in Rome in the very end of January, and the Nativity is still up in the manger in the uh, in St. Peter's Square. And even I, I was there until the 23rd of January. This you know, and went over there recently, and um, every church I walked in I still had a Nativity wow. in it and street decorations. You know the the lights and that kind of stuff. Um, and the, the Italian people didn't seem in any hurry to take that stuff down because they have this different sense of how Christmas extends well into. Um, the uh, the f- first part of the year. So, hope that answers your question. It does. I remember uh, going to a Catholic school years ago, and the nuns wouldn't take their Christmas tree down till February second. So, mm-hmm. she they used to say that that was the whole Christmas season that we. So I don't know if it changed or <laughs> what. I, th- I, but. I, I think a long, long time ago. I mean, I think the. Um, um, this was, was in the probably 50s or, you know. Yeah, and I think, you know, the Second Vatican Council, I think there was certainly adjustments made to the liturgical calendar. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know for a fact, so you can't quote me on this, but then that might have been when they changed the Christmas season to end right. with the That's baptism the of the Lord. So, yep, that was the way it was. Okay. So Thank you so much. You bet. Great question, Deb. Thanks for calling. Yes, Nabdi, thank you for that call. And we do still have a couple minutes for your call, so if you call 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122, we would love to get you in and have you ask your question of Father Mike Malloy. You can also submit your question on Facebook. So, I have a question, Father. Okay. We had the Men in Black game last night. It was a lot of fun. You, of course, were rooting for the Men in Black. They came away with a big victory. And uh, there were a lot of, well... 
a victory. A victory. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It was a tight game. It was a tight game. Uh, so, but one of the things I was noticing is that there, there were a lot of young guys out on the floor for the men in black. Um, there was Father Mark Horn. There was the Jesuit novice. Yeah. Um, John Stein. John Stein, uh, and, and there's just there, there's a, there was an energy about them, not just on the court, but but for the faith. Can you just talk about uh, th- the beauty of these young guys and coming out uh, just on fire for the faith, and how you know they live out the religious life and how they live out their priesthood is can really be attractive for those ma- discerning a vocation. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, and it was it was fun for me to watch them. <clears throat> um, you you mentioned Father Mark Horn, who's he's very intense. And it was it was fun to watch him just give his whole heart and soul um, to that event, and you know it was wonderful to have these young Jesuits come because you know the hard reality is I think if young people are looking at wanting to be you know um, a priest, it's wonderful to have those kind of models there of young guys saying you know I I I'm I'm a human being. I have interests. I love to play basketball. Um, I have other kinds of interests, and yet I feel this great passion or desire to follow the Lord in this particular ministry. And I, I, I think one of the um, benefits and blessings that can come from uh, Men in Black is for all those kids out there to say, you know, they're young <clears throat> and they kind of look like they like what they're doing. You know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> maybe that's something I could I could find attractive in my life too. You know, there's a lot of obviously a lot of kids there who love to play basketball. <clears throat> Excuse me, and to know that that there's priests who like to play basketball is, is something I think we sort of take for granted, mm-hmm. you know. Um, just like, I mean, I think about my parents. <clears throat> you know, my parents were old, you know, and, and they were like 30-some years old when I was born. But, you know, they were old. They were always old. And and so as, as a young kid growing up, it was wonderful to be, you know, to be surrounded by my cousins and those people who were younger and, and getting married to realize that, yeah, that's that's something that... that could be something I could do too, something that would be attractive to me because, you know, when I was 10 years old, I didn't want to be like my old mom and dad, you know. Right. But when I met one of my cousins who got married, who was, you know, maybe 10 years older than I was, I thought, wow, you know, that's a possibility. So yeah, it is. It's a great it's a great blessing. So. And, the, and the other thing you were saying during the game, you know, you were talking about our players, right? And you brought up Father Grant Gerlach and how he was the big guy down low, you know, and, and uh, you could always try to get the ball to him. He might not catch the ball, but yeah. you could always try to get the ball to him. <laughs> but uh, Grant, if you're listening, we're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for your priesthood because what I was going to say is you were talking about just, just – the insight he has into the faith and how you really love oh, yeah. to listen to him. Um, and so, you know, even though these guys are on the floor, they're having fun, they really are our, our spiritual fathers. They mm-hmm. really, we can learn a lot from them. Oh, you absolutely. And, and of course, I know I know all the guys that are out there. I mean, I don't know the Jesuits well, but I, I know the rest of the diocesan priests. And yeah, there's... Um, like the intensity with which a guy like Mark Horn plays basketball would be um, matched by the intensity with which he studies canon law or with which he, you know, approaches ministry to the Hispanic people. And that's true. You know, Mark uh, McCormick, our vocation director, the intensity with which he approaches vocation work or working with the Newman Center, you know, they they are very much, you could very much see that out there in them if you you know who they are. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we have a we have a wonderful group of priests in our diocese, and like I said last night, I, I'm sure that everybody listening from outside the Rapid City diocese would say, our priests are like that too. You know, we have a lot of wonderful, good priests, um, and it's important for us to stop and pay attention to that and appreciate that, because priests are 
under a lot of pressure mm-hmm. in the church right now because um, of all the problems that we're dealing with and all the problems of our culture that they have to try to address. And so, um, you know, to appreciate them for um, what they bring and who they are is, is a, a, break, a very important for us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Father, thanks for being on with us this morning. Thank you for your priesthood. What a, what a gift it is to us. And if you did miss the Men in Black basketball game, you can listen this Sunday from 1 to 3 p.m. Mountain Time. We have an encore. Or you can go to our Facebook page, Real Presence Radio, and find it there and watch the whole thing with the commentary with Andy Shaw and Father Mike. Thank you to all those who called in with your questions. Up next, we'll find out what's at the heart of Catholic Schools Week at St. Joseph School in Williston, North Dakota. And later in the show, a renewed effort in helping students live out their Catholic faith at Roncalli High School in Aberdeen. Find out what's behind it and what it is exactly. We're broadcasting live from St. Elizabeth Seton Elementary School. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 